Hello and welcome to The Crumb, a podcast from Bake From Scratch magazine. We're here to talk baking in all forms, the people, the culture, and the baked goods that make us run to preheat our oven. Hello and welcome to a new year of The Crumb. I'm Kyle Grace Mills, the managing editor at Bake From Scratch magazine. And I'm Brian Hart Hoffman, the editor-in-chief of Bake From Scratch. And I am so excited about the new year, and not just the new year and baking, but the renewal of our Better Baking Academy with Bob's Red Mill. Our pantry is stocked. We have so many fun recipes coming up this year. And we're starting out with something that I don't want to even say it's easy because it's it. that would make it sound like we're not giving you technique and the how-to. But we're starting with something that I think is that bread baker's essential recipe to help you start building your bread baking repertoire. We're doing Dutch oven bread. It's the cornerstone of many people's entry into baking bread. It is taking the science of a Dutch oven, which traps the steam, makes that super crusty loaf that you think you can only get from a bakery, and it's no need. So it lets like a cold fermentation and just a couple of shaping moments do all the work. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful loaf and one of the first bread recipes I've ever baked. Uh, Same for me. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a, like a little gateway into uh, all bread baking in general. But our recipe uses, um, you know, of course, Bob's Red Mill artisan bread flour. But the kind of secret to it is that Bob's Red Mill stone ground whole wheat flour that just bumps up the flavor a lot like that earthiness comes through in a really nice way and I've seen forever people adding just a cut it's not a whole it's not a lot but it's just enough to bump up that kind of earthy bread flavor it's you're gonna be able to taste the difference and one thing we've done in this module well we do it in every module is we we take step-by-step photos to guide the process so that you know what it looks like at every point along the way. But one thing I really love that we did is a mix-in matrix, for a lack of a better word, is showing the flexibility and the customization you can make to suit your own cravings and to get creative and make it once, twice, three times, and every time try something new, from cheeses and nuts to dried fruit and herbs and Chocolate? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, like you, the customizing part of this and using the Dutch oven gives you that bakery worthy bread with it's not a short process because we do want you to, to have the time. It has to sit, but you're not doing anything. You're not kneading. You're mixing in flavors you love. You're using a Dutch oven, and the results are so amazing. Yeah, and it's uh, we said from the very beginning that Baker, you know, the Better Baking Academy is about with Bob's Red Mill is about making you more confident, and this ma- matrix will make you feel confident to create your own loaf of bread using our base recipe. I mean, this is exactly what you want if you're a creative and you want to play. This is the recipe to play with. And one thing I, you know, that we're continuing, but that I really love is that we turn to friends in the baking world to take our module and then customize it for the way they would feature it on their blog or website. Um, And like, I, I really think it helps to extend and show bakers that it's not just bake from scratch telling you this is what you should do, but we have baking friends that are creating recipes that show you other methods and other ideas. So we're expanding upon it um, with friends in the baking community. And we're kicking off the year 
uh, with Kim Ho. She is the personality and the blogger behind Kick-Ass Baker, and her recipes are amazing. We are huge fans of hers, so we're so excited to have her joining us this year. And she's going to do multiple module um, adaptations with us. So this is just the start of uh, working with her. So I'm so excited for the recipe she created for Dutch oven bread. And she shares that same love that we do for uh, the ease of it and it being that cornerstone for a home baker to begin some bread baking. So Yeah, yeah this is going to be our kickoff with the kick-ass baker. <laughs> and uh, we're very excited to talk about also the recipe she made for the Dutch oven bread, her little twirl on it. And uh, so let's bring on Kim and talk about Dutch oven bread. Hello, Kim, and welcome to The Crumb. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you as a part of our 2021 Better Baking Academy. And unlike last year, this is not a one-time appearance for you. We are going to have a lot of conversation and some amazing recipes with you this year. So we are so excited to have you as a part. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here and to talk to you. And baking makes everything better. So we have a whole year of fun baking ahead. So we're going to keep the smiles on people's faces and baking is happiness. So I can hear it in your voice already. So you're obviously ready to go too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Baking is definitely my happy place. So we're kicking off this year with bread and we want to go ahead and talk about the module recipe, which is Dutch oven bread. Why do you think that Dutch oven bread is an essential recipe that every baker needs to know? First of all, I think it's super easy. And for me as a home baker, and I know that there's a lot of other home bakers out there just like me, easy is what we're looking for. And when you're able to just produce something that smells heavenly and comes together quickly or I should say, comes together easily without a lot of work or hands-on work. It's just great. Um, So for me, it's really about this bread. You take just a few ingredients that most homemakers will have in their pantry already, which is great. No running to the store. You mix it together. There's like very little hands-on time. The bread does the work itself. And so It's great to have something that you do very little effort to put into it, but it has such a huge payoff. And for me, there's something about making bread from scratch that just feels like a victory. As a home baker, it's just the best to have that aroma in your house and to be able to say, I made this from scratch. And it didn't take a lot of effort and a lot of uh, time, uh, hands-on time to make. It's just great. I love that you reference it being the, like, not a lot of hands-on and the bread does the work because, you know, it's one of the very first recipes I tackled when I was, like, wanting to start home baking more. And I remember thinking, okay, I can let it sit here and do its thing. I don't have to do all of this work for it. But then the way the the kitchen smells and the reward and the accomplishment. I mean, we saw that all last year in 2020 when a pandemic struck and baking became the thing. And not just baking, bread seemed to be the number one thing that people wanted. And I think it's that accomplishment. It's that comfort. I mean, bread is 
the Brad of life. I mean, it's like, you know, so many things um, turn back to Brad. And and I love that this this recipe, this method, it allows for amazing results and it helps to build that accomplishment in the kitchen. So it, it is all the things you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. So now, you know, in baking and I'm, I, you know, I'm definitely not in my mind a scientist, but baking is science. So let's talk a little bit about that. And what is so special about the no need and Dutch oven method? Um, how you still get a great loaf of bread, even without a bakery style oven. And the best part for this, no kneading. Let's talk about it and break it down. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like a miracle. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I'm also not a scientist. I'm not, uh, I'm a home baker. I'm not professionally trained. I didn't go to school for this. Um, but what I can tell you about this bread and what I know from just experience and, you know, good old Google um, over the years is the this dough is really a wetter dough um, that you, even if you've never baked bread in your whole life or seen what bread dough looks like, this dough looks wetter than you would think a bread dough should look like. But that moisture is really what is important to produce the steam that will help your bread rise when it bakes inside of Dutch oven. And the Dutch oven is basically just a large pot that has super thick walls and a super thick bottom and a lid, and it just retains heat really well. And they're not, they can be not too expensive, and we can get one. Uh, relatively inexpensively, or you can get like the high-end ones that are a couple hundred dollars. Um, But it's nice that it's affordable. And what you do is, while you're preheating the oven to a really high temperature, you put the Dutch oven empty inside the oven so that it also gets preheated. And then you're going to place that really wet dough very carefully. Um, I always have to be really careful myself. Um, you'll place the dough in that really hot preheated Dutch oven and put the lid on it, put it back in the oven, and that will trap the steam inside, uh, and that will really help the, the bread rise, but also create that really crisp exterior, which is what is so great about this bread. And one of the best parts, like you said, there's no kneading. Um, you know, we have a lot of bread recipes. I have some on my blog as well that require a lot of kneading, whether it's with um, a mixer or by hand. But with this dough, you're mixing all the ingredients together. Um, you're letting it rise overnight, and it's helping to develop that really great flavor. But that overnight rise is also helping to develop the gluten, which, you know, not to get too sciencey, but that <laughs> yeah. gluten is what makes bread bread and makes it, gives it that great texture. And that all happens by itself without having to knead it. It's like, again, it's like a miracle. Um, so that's my basic understanding um, and my home baker ease of how this all comes together and works so well. Um, And it just creates a really great, crusty loaf of bread. 
I, I think it's just such a great gateway bread for anybody who's trying to just figure it out. And then it's also the comfort bread you can return to if you're an expert. It's so nice to just go back to something comfortable. It, it is. It takes so little effort. I mean, the, the cold fermentation, you just mix that dough, you put it in the fridge, you can let it rest for two hours or overnight. I like the overnight just because it get, really gets that good flavor. <laughs> and then bake it in that Dutch oven. The only part, like you said, you know, that hot Dutch oven. So everybody be careful, but you know, you get those oven mitts on before you even look at the oven. Just get them on to look at the oven and that way you'll be safe. And I think immediately yeah. of a bread baking retreat that we did in San Francisco at the San Francisco Cooking School and Nicole Plu, who is an expert baker, James Beard Award winner. I mean, she is so amazing. I hear her words in my head every time I'm doing a a slow ferment for the dough. She says time is flavor. And she always reminds Mm. people that, that after two hours, yeah, the bread will bake. You're going to get the great crust. You're going to have delicious bread. But do it once that method. And then the next time you do it, give it that overnight and notice the difference in the time being flavor. And I, I, I actually need like a T-shirt made that says time is flavor because <laughs> I, I hear her words in, you know, what now I think of as a process that breaking it down into multiple days is actually enjoyable because you can do something and come back the next day without, you know, the time crunch or thinking I'm going to run out of time and I'm baking bread tonight at midnight. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it and it's just that method in the Dutch oven that gives that crust and beautifully baked bread. I mean, it is the wow factor and you want people to believe you've spent like five days doing it. So, you know, (laughs) bakers, listen, don't tell everyone your secrets. We're going to share them here on the crumb, but this is for the baking family. (laughs) This is for the baking. Absolutely. So, so speaking of flavor, the other really great thing about Dutch oven bread is it lends itself really well to mix-ins. Like, you name it, you can pretty much mix it into your Dutch oven bread. So for your recipe, you created um, an everything bagel seasoning and cheddar combo, uh, which was tested and was delicious. <laughs> it was beautiful and delicious, yeah. by the way. Um, we have a lot of other combinations of mix-ins in the module as well. But what are some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to adding mix-ins to your bread? You know, what should you be conscious of as a baker? Like if it's a large mix-in, you know, maybe if it's a dried one, should should you be soaking it before you add it to the bread? You know, what are some of your recommendations? Yeah, so for me, I like to keep it pretty simple and straightforward. Uh, First, you know, you want about a cup of mix-ins. So that's what you should aim for in terms of just amount. And you can really, like you said, create something that is super creative. The sky's the limit. Um, I would probably stay away from anything that's just overly wet or heavy. Um, As you know, in this recipe that I did, I used uh, shredded cheese and I went for a hard cheese. You can use something like cheddar or I suggested Asiago. Um, I wouldn't use something like a goat cheese or something that's really wet because it'll probably just dissolve into the bread. Um, I get asked a lot about some of my other bread recipes and probably for this one, too, about adding sugar to it. Um, a lot of people want like a sweeter dough or something that could even be like a dessert or some, or just people have different taste buds and they want something a little sweeter. And you can definitely add a little bit of sugar, I would say, about a tablespoon or two, but the thing about going back to some of the sciencey stuff, sugar feeds yeast, and so it may affect your overall rise time. 
excuse me, if you add too much sugar. So I wouldn't go too heavy-handed there. But I think in terms of mix-ins, you can do things like fresh or dried herbs, like rosemary would be really great, garlic. I know my husband would love that. <laughs> um, different, different types of shredded cheeses. Um, you can do nuts, some even dried fruit. Um, I've seen some great olive loaves, um, seeds. My sister was asking me last night, can you do, like, cinnamon raisin? I was like, that would be great. Um, maybe even chopped chocolate. I think things like that, just to really mix it up and try different variations using the same base recipe but coming out with a totally different flavor profile. I think it would be really fun. And I agree with you about the sugar addition. And I think a lot of people are shocked to learn that that one to two tablespoons actually will make a huge difference in the sweetness of a dough, that you don't need mm-hmm. to be looking at the half cup or a cup range that you might find in, you know, brownies or cookies or things that are really sweet, like in flavor. I think a bread like this, having that touch of sweetness, but maybe with the cinnamon and raisin, you get such a delicious bread out of it. But yeah, I agree with you. Keep that sugar addition to a minimum, just enough to give the dough that hint of sweetness and then let the mix-ins do the rest. So the chopped chocolate is actually a great idea. And then I'm like, let's do dried yeah. cherries with that chopped chocolate. Well, and the <laughs> test kitchen. Ooh, I'm going to try yeah, that. <laughs> that one's a good, that's a good idea. Um, our test kitchen even told me about how the sugar in apples or pears will make the dough rise about 10 to 15 minutes faster too. So it's even the natural sugar that you kind of, it, it won't affect your dough in a bad way, but just know that it will rise faster. Again, that natural sugar is just feeding that yeast. Mm, that's really good to know. So now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about you, not just the bread and the module that we're doing, but let's talk about you and your blog, Kick-Ass Baker. Um, We love that you have a mix of traditional sweet recipes. You've got healthy recipes and savory as well. It goes with your blog's mission statement, Baking Up a Life in Balance, which I love. I'm going to also have to have a t-shirt made of that. Um, Tell us about your blog. Tell us how it got started and your methodology for how you um, create content and share it with the world. Sure. So I am a full-time working mom. And when I say that, my full-time job is not the blog. Um, I work somewhere else (laughs) full time (laughs) during the day, um, and I do the blog on the side. Um, So I think, you know, for me, when I was first starting, even now, you know, I'm two and a half years into my blog, you know, hearing about people who are like me who don't do this as a full-time job is always so interesting, and I learn so much from them about balance. Um, And so, you know, when you're a working mom, when you're a parent, Um, and you're working, the word balance comes up so often. And it comes up to describe, you know, just you're pulled in a million different directions. I have two girls. I have a husband. I have a dog. I have my full-time job. I have my blog. And so you just feel like there's always, there's just never enough time. And so how do I balance it? And, you know, I am here to say that I have not figured it all out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any... (laughs) secret um, about how to do that. I mean, I think it's really just a day-to-day thing. Being organized is something that I have on my list for this year, which I think is hopefully going to help drive more of that balance. But um, so the the tagline is really a play on that. So my life as a working parent, but then also, you know, how I like to eat. (laughs) So, and again, you know, I'm 
just being keeping it real. I love to bake, and I love to eat the things that I bake. And I'm never going to give that up. I never want to. I love bread. I love uh, sweets. Um, and for me, I have to be able to balance that out um, so that I'm not, you know, unhealthy and unable to live my life the way that I want to. So that word balance just comes into play in just in so many different ways in my life. And so I felt like when I was creating the blog, that was really what I'm trying to, what I'm always trying to do. I'm on this ever long quest of baking up a life in balance that can really be the best of all those different worlds. Um, You know, I haven't obviously achieved that and I don't think I ever will, but I, you know, I'm striving for that every day. And so it's um, really fun and really uh, great to be able to eat the things that I like to eat and then balance it out with some of the things that um, are not on the sweet side. And, you know, for me too, I love that I can share my love of baking with other people. Um, it's I know it sounds so cliche, but that's really why I did this. I'm a home baker. I, you know, there's a lot of other people I think out there like me who have busy lives. Uh, we all do, right, in different ways, but people who maybe even sometimes feel intimidated by some of these professional bakers or those uh, really super glamorous Instagram feeds that you see where professional bakers are are putting up these pictures of just picture-perfect desserts, and they have a lot of training, right? But um, there's people like me who just want to make something really good and make something really tasty, but they may be intimidated by it. Um, My sister actually last night was just saying to me, she's like, Kim, I never would have tried making challah. I never would have tried making bagels um, before. And she said, I thought to myself, well, if Kim can do it, then I could do it too. And she's like, I was really surprised at how approachable the recipes were and how I was able to do it. And so that's really what I want people to take from my blog is like, you could do it. Um, You know, you have the ingredients, you have the skills. Hopefully I can help teach you a thing or two, and I just want you to be able to um, enjoy these recipes like I do. I love that we're opening the new year with you because I I think everybody's always trying to completely uh, redo their lives when they come into the new year. I'm going to be totally different, totally better, (laughs) as opposed to, you know, looking at something and saying balance. Like, instead of these crazy diets, you know, just the balance of, I'm going to balance out my love of these different things with you know, other stuff. And just that's, that's the the journey. I think that's really a nice way to I'm just excited that you're our New Year's uh, coach <laughs> right <Aww>. now. <laughs> and, and I have you know. to say, I think your audience is probably and our audience too, I think this is a good reminder for those of us that do spend all of our full time jobs in the baking world, remembering that people you know, including you, that you're creating content and sharing it, but you're also working full time at at your other job and you're a mom and you're a wife, but you still love baking. And I think Mm -hmm. people that see what you're putting out into your content, they know they can do it too, because you're creating it in the same amount of that off time that they have to bake it at home. So, so I think that connectivity makes it so authentic. And, you know, I think your recipes are amazing. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so happy. So I also want to talk about, I know that you have a daughter that's allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. 
And uh, so many of your, or not all of your recipes are usually nut free. And we do have a lot of bakers who love to bake who are also have nut allergies or baking for somebody with nut allergies. And what do you recommend for them for just some recipes to go to, you know, even when they're baking for somebody with allergies? And then some of the guidelines, you know, should they talk to the person? I know sometimes people think that something's okay and it actually usually has nut contamination. You know, how do you recommend for people to be baking for people with nut allergies? Yeah, this is a very interesting topic. Um, So I'm always really careful to advise other people and other families about allergies because I found that everybody's tolerance and everybody's allergies are different. There's a scale. It's not just one size fits all, like you're allergic or you're not. It's, you know, some people have, are much more sensitive than others. And so I'm always really careful about, okay, you know, you have to be your own judge of what's going to work for you. My older daughters, I have two daughters. One is uh, my older one, who's 13 now, which is so crazy. Um, (laughs) She was diagnosed um, at the age of 18 months, so she was little. And we found out the hard way um, that she was allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. And it was really scary. Um, We, When I was little, I used to use my baking as a way to you know, bake for her the things that she couldn't always eat other places because we just didn't know enough about her allergy and what she could eat and what she could tolerate and what she couldn't. And so if we went to a birthday party or something like that, I would bake her something myself um, so that I knew it was safe. And, you know, we've been really fortunate that we have some really good doctors, but we've also um, put her through, she was fortunate enough to be part of a clinical trial last uh, two years ago for a peanut allergy medication that's actually now available, which is really exciting. Um, and she's been through some tree nut desensitizations, and so we've really been able to build up her tolerance, um, which gives me and uh, others in our family some a little bit more peace of mind, although she's, she's still allergic. So anyway, my recipes are, for the most part, nut-free, meaning that there's no actual nuts in them. Um, you know, people ask me if they can add nuts, of course, you know, do whatever you you want in your own kitchen um and but i don't actually put nuts in any of my my recipes but i always advise people with allergies to check the labels of the ingredients that they're using even the ingredients that i'm recommending or the ingredients that i'm linking to or or suggesting that you use <clears throat> excuse me because if they work even if they work for my daughter they may not work for other people with allergies because they may have different levels of cross contamination Um, And so, you know, we've become experts at what she can eat and what she can't. Um, And, you know, that even changes over time because, unfortunately, sometimes products um, change the way that they're produced. And so we're always checking the the label. So I would always advise people, even if if you're just baking for somebody who has an allergy, the thing that I always appreciate as a mom of somebody who has uh, an allergy is to just ask the question, like, you know, can your daughter have this? Um, or send me a, they, a lot of times other moms will send me a picture of the label of what they are giving my daughter. And I'm like, it's just, it goes a long way to, to give me peace of mind and to, uh, help me confirm that it's okay for her to eat. Um, so anyway, for, as far as recipes on my blog that I think that, um, people can make and serve to others that have nut allergies, Like I said, the vast majority of the recipes don't have nuts, Um, but there's some really good ones that I think are classic and 
people would enjoy uh, my best chocolate chip cookie recipe, uh, my chocolate chip blondies, which is super easy and it's been such a good favorite recipe on the blog. And uh, another one is the one bowl chocolate cake because it's super easy. <laughs> I love it. Um, we've gotten such good reviews and it has just has that silky smooth, fudgy frosting. Um, and those are all relatively easy and they're just so good. Now you've made me like ready for chocolate cake. And I have to say, <laughs> I, I'll say two things. One is I'm so grateful to see packaging for most ingredients in the grocery store that notify you if something was made or processed in a facility that also mm-hmm. has nuts or gluten or things like that mm-hmm. for for people that their allergies are severe and the sensitivity needs to be, you know, seen and reviewed on every package. So I do love that that's out there. And the second thing I was going to say is about chocolate cake. I love chocolate year round, but there's something about January and February that always make, like, I think it's like chocolate cake season. I I don't know. You know, everything has that like cyclical time in the year. So I'm definitely making this one ball chocolate cake. Nice. Awesome. Um, So now that we're in the new year, and speaking of chocolate cake season, tell us what's next for you. What's coming up in 2021 that you're so excited about um, in the world of baking? Yeah. You know, I am just loving everything about this blog of mine and what I've done and what I'm planning for this year. I'm, I don't know. I'm sure you're like me where, you know, you just want to bake everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I, um, I'm doing a lot of investing this year in my blog and in my own development, um, both from a, you know, a photography perspective, but also like a business perspective. You know, I hired a coach this year who is so great um, and is going to help me, I think, really take things to the next level. Uh, because I know for myself, I just, I can't do it all. And I don't know enough to be able to do it all. So I'm really fortunate to have somebody who can help guide me. But the re- the main reason there is because I, you know, the growth of my blog is just going to help me hone in on that value that I think I can provide or that I do provide to people who uh, are accessing my recipes. I want to be able to make sure I'm I'm providing the most value that I can and that creating those approachable recipes and having people uh, make them and like them and come back, that's really what um, I'm trying to do. And so at the beginning of, actually at the end of December, I made a giant list of things that I want to make this year. And, you know, it's endless. I keep adding to it every day, um, <laughs> which is hard not to do. Um, and so I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for me. What are people really liking? Um, what can I do more of because they really like it? What should I do less of because people don't like it? Um, and so that's for me what I'm trying to focus on. But some of the things that I have coming up, obviously I have more recipes coming up with you guys and Bob's Red Mill, which I'm so excited about. You don't understand. Um, but then I also <laughs> we are excited have, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have a red velvet blondie recipe coming up for Valentine's Day. Um, I have a lemon blueberry yogurt loaf cake that I'm um, doing for a magazine that I contribute to. I'm really excited because I'm going to be publishing my mom's Greek cookie recipe to honor my dad, who asked me to do that a lot. Um, And so I'm finally getting to do that this year. Um, And, of course, I have and doing 
lots of chocolate because <laughs> everyone seems to love it, including most of all my mom, who last night said, Ma, Kim, you need to make sure there's lots of chocolate in there this year because that's what I love the most. And so for sure, I will continue doing lots of chocolate. Well, when mom says to do it, we know we have to do it. I work for my mom, so <laughs> I know this feeling of right. like when she's ready for something, we're going to have something that's mom requested. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you so much for not only bringing such amazing passion and love to the baking world, but for being a part of our Better Baking Academy We have such a fun year ahead. Like I said at the beginning of our chat, we are going to have you back a few times during the year to talk about different modules and different subject matters. And I'm so happy to have you as a part of our baking family. Um, Happy New Year. And thanks again for spending time with us here on The Crumb. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited about this year. We are too. We'll chat soon. Thanks so much. I have to say... Time is flavor would be an amazing birthday card or a t-shirt. I I mean that's gonna be it's gonna be big. Oh I yeah, and I, I think taking her tagline we're doing a whole t-shirt series. Yes, I, this conversation was so inspiring and hearing her perspective on being a home baker, working full time, creating content making recipes that fit into that balanced life. I, like you said earlier, this is the perfect way to start the year. Right. And just having somebody like take the pressure off of it. And she says, I haven't nailed the balance. Like I'm just striving for balance. That doesn't mean that I get it. I'm not on a balancing beam and just nailing it. Like, uh, oh gosh. And now I'm thinking of a gymnastic person. I can't remember their name. Simone Biles. Thank you. It's, I mean, what, when you say gymnastic <laughs> person, obviously it's Simone. My niece is a gymnast and she loves all things gymnastics so i'm learning things through the niece uh education i wouldn't have been able to rattle off things like that ordinarily but thank you amelia i am now versed in how to help you with your gymnastics analogy um i'm also ready to help everyone bake better bread at home i am teaching a a virtual baking class for the Better Baking Academy. We're doing Dutch oven bread on January the 27th. It will be done via a Zoom platform. So you'll uh, join me virtually from my home kitchen. And uh, we're going to tackle all of this together. I will make the recipe start to finish. Um, And each class raises money for No Kid Hungry, uh, an organization that we are proud to support here at Bake From Scratch. But Bob's Red Mill is also a supporter of No Kid Hungry. So this is a perfect organization for us to join forces and put money in the hands of an organization that is working daily to end childhood hunger. So I feel like our obligation in the baking community is not just to to bake together and love it, but to also help those in need by raising money as we come together for this Zoom class. There is more information about the class on bakefromscratch.com where you can sign up and be registered for our live session on January the 27th. If you haven't signed up for the Better Baking Academy, 
again, visit bakefromscratch.com and you will sign up and then we will send you a monthly email with the recipe and module so that you have all of the step-by-step photography and guidance to bake along with us. And then we want to see what you've made. So tag us on social media. Please tag Bob's Red Mill and Bake From Scratch. And if you're on Instagram, that's the bake feed um, for Bake From Scratch. But please show us what you're making. It's the start of year two of the Better Baking Academy. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see it either. It's one of my favorite parts is seeing hashtag the Better Baking Academy and seeing people who are gaining confidence, who are trying new things, and then taking ours and doing exactly what we asked them to do, which is make it their own. And And I want to see that. That's where we get new ideas also. So it's a community effort. Um, We're also starting a Facebook community for the Better Baking Academy so that you can connect with other bakers that are in the Better Baking Academy. So this year, we are really, we are connecting like on every level possible. Right. And it'll be a two-way communication. You guys inspire us and we hope we have some stuff that can inspire you too to get baking. Well, with that, I've got to go preheat the oven and the Dutch oven and make some Dutch oven bread. In the meantime, I wish everyone happy baking and better baking with Bob's Red Mill. We will chat next time on The Crumb. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. To keep up with all of our baking endeavors, Follow our editor-in-chief and co-host, Brian, on Instagram at Brian Hart Hoffman. You can follow Bake From Scratch on Instagram at The Bake Feed. For online recipes and fresh baking content, go to our website, bakefromscratch.com, and sign up for our newsletter, Preheat. Finally, for in-real-life baking inspiration, grab our magazine on newsstands, or subscribe through our website.